Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Well, we're here. What a hot last couple of days it's been. Isn't it wonderful? It's time for summer. It's been such a wet and cold, crappy spring and summer that I'm so happy that these hot temperatures have arrived because it's not going to be too, too long until it's getting cold and the snow's flying. So bring on the heat, baby. That's what I say. Welcome to another episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. I am that host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. Thank you for joining me again this evening. The date of today is Saturday, June 29th, 2019. But the joy of a podcast is you can be listening to this practically any time. So thanks to you that are listening to this today. And thanks for all of you that are listening in the future. All right. No, let's get serious. So tonight's episode is going to be a great topic. I had something lined up and scheduling conflict once again kind of changed the show. So I had to call an audible and I have a kick ass killer guest lined up for tonight's show. He's called Jared Hall. We're going to be interviewing Mr. Hall. And why might you say are we going to be interviewing him? Well, Mr. Hall lives in Indianapolis, Indiana, and he is currently the political director and candidate recruitment and support for the Libertarian Party of the state of Indiana. He is originally from Nebraska, and he worked out there as a Libertarian. He has done quite a few things within the Libertarian Party, and I think that it's something that we need to talk about. I should have probably done an episode like this early on, but we didn't do it. It's better late than never, and so we're going to get to this. Tonight is the 18th episode of Perception is Reality, and the title of tonight's show is Why We should welcome third-party candidates in local elections. Now, I want to say this. Nationally, and in varying states, libertarians have started to move the chains and have started to get closer to the goalpost and are starting to win some elections and put some big numbers up. But I feel like On the local level, in local races, mayor's races, council races, city, county, and things like that, 
people are still afraid of that third party or libertarians. Man, they're freaks. They're the weirdos. They're hippies or they're way whacked out liberals or they're way whacked out right leaning wing nuts. And that is not correct. If you're a fan of the show or if you followed my podcast here or on Facebook, you're aware that I will generally describe myself as being a conservative Republican, but I always then follow that up with or a right-leaning libertarian. And so we'll talk a little bit about that and I'll explain why and we'll explain why this matters and why I think it's important for those of us fighting the good fight. It seems like in the local races, those voters who are going to the polls get stuck on the idea of having to say they're Democrat or they're Republican and only voting for the Democrats or Republicans. And I have to say, why? Look at where those two groups of individuals have gotten us all. I myself have been just as angry at the Republican officials that I've had in office in my home community of Winchester as I have been with the Democrat officials. I have been angry with the Democrat and Republican candidates, and I have been that way with the candidates and the officials, both Democrat and Republican, in Muncie and Anderson and all over. And people haven't been happy, but yet we seem hesitant when it comes to giving a libertarian our vote or talking about having somebody that isn't a Democrat or Republican when In fact, if we all took a second and went through what the libertarians stand for, you would all say, wait a minute, that sounds a lot like me. And so when I talk about not looking for a Democrat or Republican solution, and I'm not the first person to say that, John Kennedy said that, so I'm not stealing that or saying that's my work, but it's definitely something that I've preached on, especially on the local level. When we're talking about something like that, and I'm saying, wait a minute, we need to focus more on common sense, I'll be honest The Libertarian Party and the Libertarian ideas and beliefs seem to be that common sense. So we as local voters need to be more willing to be welcoming to these people who are willing to run as Libertarians. And I think that we would be better off if more people would identify as Libertarian because it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and it takes the best of both worlds and it leaves the worst of both situations out. And it just seems like a common sense answer. So just on the other side of this break, we're going to be looking at the Democrat-Republican issues, and I'm going to be going over with you what I feel the libertarian practices and beliefs and opinions are and their ideology and kind of what they think and they feel and what they stand for. And then I'm going to ask you, 
do you feel like this might be you? Because I know when I talk to libertarians and when I listen to what they think and what they believe and what their thoughts are and what their principles are, I say, hell, this really sounds like it might be the answer for me politically, and it definitely might be the answer for our communities politically. This seems like the common sense answer. So on the other side of this break, we're going to go into that, and then in a little bit, we'll be talking with Mr. Jared Hall. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. This is Perception is Reality, and you're listening on perception.fireside.fm. And now, Perception is Reality, with your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. Okay, so when you're thinking Democrat or Republican, and you're talking about local, city, county, and state elections... And it starts to get a little out there when you're on state elections, but specifically town and city and county elections. Democrat and Republican doesn't really mean or need to mean the same as it does on the national level. In the city elections and the town and county elections, our officials, the mayors, the city and county council, the city and county clerks, the prosecutors, sheriff, things like that aren't dictating the big laws and the big things that you think of when you're talking about ideological differences between Democrats and Republicans. We're not dictating abortion laws in the city of Winchester. We're not talking about Second Amendment rights issues in the county and city council meetings that you're attending, whether it's in Muncie or Winchester or Indianapolis. You're not dealing with immigration issues when you're talking about the town board meeting in Albany. So a candidate saying that they're Republican or Democrat, they're basing that off of their belief on the national level. And you have to do that. That's part of what we do. However, however, none of their beliefs in that way really impact what they're dealing with in their local communities. Now, yes, if you have a Republican on the council, they might be a little bit less willing to spend money without doing major research, and they might be a little bit more fiscally responsible when it comes to the budgets and things like that. But the Republicans and the Democrats on your city and county council are not dealing with legislation that affects everybody and that doesn't deal with the major big ideologies of both the Democrats and the Republicans, say like on the national level, like the United States congressmen and senators do. It's not the same thing. So if you put into those local levels those ideologies and you're trying to cornhole your local situations and what needs to happen in repairing your roads or your police and fire protection based on what somebody believes on the national level because they identify as a Democrat or a Republican, you're really not comparing apples to oranges or using the right tools for the situation. Now, let's look real quick for those that may not know. There are some out there that don't. Let's look at what Democrats versus Republicans believe, and then we're going to get to why I believe that the Libertarian way of thinking might be a little bit more conducive to 
politics on a local level. All right, so let's take a look at the Republican or the conservative belief system, the ideology that people tend to hold when they're talking about Republicans or conservatives on a national and sometimes state level. They're looking at economic freedom, robust national defense, respect for others' property rights, individual rights to keep and bear arms, and belief in all of the other rights given by the Constitution of the United States of America. Giving generously to those in need, less taxes, a more strict policy on immigration. Conservatives and Republicans tend to believe a little bit more that faith should play a role in what goes on in everyday life, including politics. And then some might say that Republicans or conservatives believe that there should be a little bit more government-regulated morality. Now, let's look at the left or the liberal or Democrat ideology and belief system. They believe in more personal freedom, or so they say, non-interventionalist foreign policy, tolerance of others' peaceful choices and the way they want to live, civil liberties, separation of church and state, a less strict immigration policy. Sometimes they will talk about higher taxes or taxpayer funding of government charities. They will deal with using imminent domain for private gain some of the times or United Nations-led U.S. military actions or a government-regulated economy. And these are just really broad ideas and quick notes about each side. And now, each party can take these ideas and these beliefs to further extremes, they can pull them in some, and so it's all up for a little bit of interpretation. But the fact is, what the Democrats and what Republicans believe as their national platforms and their ideologies doesn't really have anything to do with what goes on in a city council chambers at a city council meeting in your town or my town or Indianapolis or, or Fort Wayne or, or wherever you're at. So we need to start looking at ways we can approach the common sense. If you want to be a Democrat or you want to be a Republican, fine. But let's be able to approach one another. Now, the guest that we're going to have on in a little bit might have a third kind of thought or something else that might be able to be considered. The gentleman that we're going to have on here in just a few moments is Jared Hall, and he is with the Libertarian Party. What is a libertarian, might you ask? It's somebody who believes in personal freedoms. They take a little from the Democrats, and they take a little from the Republicans, and they mix that together. The libertarians believe in personal freedoms, in economic freedoms, in non-interventionalist foreign policies. They believe in a robust national defense, respect for others' property rights, tolerance of others' peaceful choices, civil liberties, individual rights to keep and bear arms and other constitutional rights, separation of church and state, less strict immigration policy, less taxes, giving generously to those in need. And really, it boils down to government should just defend our rights. Let individuals pursue their own interest. Stop nation-building 
and being the policeman of the world, peace through trade and diplomacy, end the failed war on drugs and legalize marijuana, champion of civil liberties and protector of personal privacy, supports small business, entrepreneurship, and free markets, easier pathway to citizenship. Let me tell you what this boils down to personal freedoms and personal responsibility. Nobody's there to tell you what you can do and what you can't do, and nobody's there to put their foot on your neck. But you got to stay within your realm and don't cross into anybody else's lane. Don't hit me and I won't hit you. But even that, even those beliefs which should really resonate with literally anybody, even those beliefs really don't boil down to anything on the local level. Let me say it again, folks. As a city council, as a city mayor, as a county council, county commissioners, and as all of the other elected officials, the sheriff, the prosecutor, your judges, your clerks, your assessors, and the coroner's office, all of those jobs are there to perform small duties within the government but your local town city and county governments are there to give you police protection to make sure you're safe fire protection to make sure your shit doesn't burn down they're there to clear your roads of snow and to make sure that you can travel throughout your city town or county and they're there to take your trash away and to make sure that stuff doesn't stink up and things are running smoothly with that and everything else is a bonus. And so when you're a Democrat or a Republican and you believe in the Second Amendment right or you think that there needs to be stricter gun laws, none of that matters when you're running for city council or county council or as a county mayor. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. So those of us out here that are voting, when we see a libertarian on the ballot, we need to understand that that libertarian has belief that we should all have personal responsibility. So we should stop being afraid of this third party. Look at where the Democrats have gotten Muncie. Look at where our Democrat mayor and the Republican council has gotten us in Winchester. Look in your own community and look at what and who is in charge and what party they are, and what party it has been, and ask yourself, are you happy? And if you are, then you probably aren't really listening to this podcast, and you're probably not invested in engaging and changing. Probably, if you're listening to this podcast, you're pissed off, and you aren't happy with what's happening in your local government, and you're trying to figure out ways to make things better. And I'm telling you right now, giving the chance to candidates that are running on the libertarian ticket might just be the way to do it. I'm telling you folks, we need to start being more welcoming of these third parties, specifically libertarians, because they are really the common sense answer. Listen. I've considered myself a conservative or Republican. I don't care anything about gay marriage. 
I'm for legalization of marijuana. I'm not going to run out and smoke pot tomorrow if it was legalized tomorrow. I'm not going to go out and marry a gay man, but I don't care if a gay man marries another gay man or if a woman marries a woman. That's between them. That doesn't bother me. I've said for a long time, the Republicans need to give up on the social issues as far as that goes. I also am not so whacked out on the left of the liberal path. There's a lot that they could give up as well. I am a strong believer in civil liberties. So are the libertarians. And it's time that we maybe start looking for these people. The libertarian movement is starting to pick up. There are more and more libertarians running. There is a third choice to local offices and to state and national offices. And it really might be the common sense choice. Okay, so to talk to us a little bit more about the libertarian belief system, what their values are, and how they can be seen as helpful when we're dealing with what we're dealing with, which is attempting to better our local government through our citizen involvement, we're going to be talking to the Libertarian Party of Indiana's political director and the candidate and recruitment support specialist, Jared Hall. He's a gentleman that we're going to have on the phone with us here in just a second. We're going to get his definition of being a libertarian and find out what his thoughts and opinions are of libertarians on the local level and kind of what they're looking for and just get an understanding of how libertarianism might be the answer for those of us who are trying to better our government through citizen involvement. Stand by on the other side of this break for my interview with Jared Hall. Now we go on the record with a one-on-one interview designed to engage, entertain, or enrage you. Perception is reality. On the record. All right, so we have with us on the phone Mr. Jared Hall. And Mr. Hall is a citizen of Indianapolis, Indiana currently. He's originally from Nebraska. Mr. Hall is currently the Libertarian Party of Indiana's political director, and you deal with candidate recruitment and support. Is that correct? Uh, Yes. Okay, well, thank you for joining us today. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What brought you to the Libertarian Party? Maybe give us a little bit of, uh, you know, your understanding of what being a Libertarian means and, uh, you know, why why you're involved. Uh, sure. Uh, well, first, uh, thank you for having me. And as you said, I'm, I'm originally from Nebraska. I've been here in Indiana since March of 2017. And it's a lo- lovely state. I still don't <laughs> understand what a Hoosier is, but it's a lovely state. <laughs> so, how I got involved in the Libertarian Party uh, is kind of a fluke, actually. Um, I uh, I grew up with uh, parents that I figured were more apolitical. We didn't really talk much about stuff. Uh, voting was something that you did because it was a civic duty, but we really didn't dis- discuss much uh, when I was growing up. Um, and slowly over time, uh, you know, being a you know, a young, impressionable kid, I, I, I kind of became uh, aligned with the Democratic Party in Nebraska, uh, which, despite Indiana, it's a pretty red state, so they don't really get much traction there. <laughs> uh, so, so I guess I've never really been used to winning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, 
you, you know, I, I, I was always anti-war and then I voted for Obama in 2008 and then 2010, I uh, kind of took a step back and realized that he was doing the exact same thing that his predecessors had been doing, which was uh, essentially ignoring the constitution uh, sure. and, and taking into more, more power or the war powers right underneath them and bombing and droning uh, people as well. Uh, so I started exploring other options and uh, thanks to Facebook, I kind of discovered uh, the Libertarian Party and uh, it was a slow process from 2010 until about 2016 where uh, I was being uh, approached by uh, some people uh, that weren't happy with a state senator that we had who happened to be my state senator. And so we had an idea to uh, do basically what you're doing here. It was uh, start a blog and a, and a podcast and kind of just talk about the local issues, uh, giving people the information that they needed uh, to uh, you know, hold their elected officials accountable. Sure. Um, and then a gentleman reached out to me in June of 2016 and asked me if I wanted to uh, help with the Gary Johnson campaign there. Uh, and you know, talking to my wife, making sure I, I had her okay. <laughs> I'm a libertarian <laughs> uh, if my wife says I can be. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so got her approval. You know, we just had our, our third child, and you know, wanted to make sure that everything was going to be fine. Absolutely, uh, with her, and then so she said okay, gave me her blessing, and I ended up becoming the state co-director for the Gary Johnson campaign. Uh, and and for those really that, my f- well, ju- and just oh. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but for those that might yep. not know, Gary Johnson ran for uh, the for president, correct? In uh, in, yep. in 2016, and his his uh, running mate was Bill Weld, if I believe is that correct? Yes, he also ran in 2012 with a running mate. I believe it was uh, Judge Jim Gray. Yes. Okay. Uh, yep. Yep. I just, uh, I just for those that might not know, I just wanted to make sure that he, you were, you worked for in Nebraska for, uh, for Gary Johnson, who ran for president during the uh, Trump and and Hillary Clinton uh, debacle uh, that occurred <laughs> in 2016. Yep, that's that's correct. Okay, sorry. So go go forward. No, you're fine. I just wanted to make sure we had that clarified. Uh, yeah, and then uh, obviously that was going to mean uh, building a close relationship with the local party there. Uh, and then after uh, after the election, um, I helped found the the Lancaster County there uh, chapter uh, for the Libertarian Party, and then I shortly after that I ended up moving to Indiana, uh, which is where you have me now. Uh, while I was here originally, kind of started working with a, a national organization that's now defunct, uh, but we were helping. Uh, well, we had we had this wonderful idea that you have all these people throughout the country that are libertarians, and we obviously don't have the resources of the two major parties. Uh, for every type of election, but if you can pull everybody nationally together and take their talents, whatever they're good at, if it's you know communications or uh, social media, um, policy issues, things of that nature, and pull them into a resource for different campaigns throughout the United States to kind of use and piggyback on. Uh, so we did that for I think two years here, and then. Uh, 
that kind of went away. And then I joined uh, the Libertarian Party of Indiana as uh, the political director. So that's where you have me now. Okay, and so, um, you know, a little bit before we had you on, I, I was kind of going over, you know, the Democrat and Republican ideologies and the beliefs, and, uh, you know, I was just getting into to going over the libertarian uh, belief system. So give us, from your opinion, a rundown of the libertarian belief system. Uh, it's, it's pretty simple. We have two, two really easy catchphrases that we use that kind of really summarize our, our, uh, political philosophy and it's don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff and <laughs> keep, <clears throat> keep Democrats out of your wallets. Keep Repo- Republicans out of your bedroom. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's really about maximizing, uh, personal liberties, uh, and being at least in, in my view, uh, uh, socially or not socially, uh, fiscally conservative. Sure. Um, so kind of take the both or the best of both worlds and kind of put them together. And, you know, I, I believe that's what the libertarian party is. Absolutely. Well, and let, let me ask you this. So one of the things that I've really been harping on is I, I, in the last two and a half, three years have been in a fairly large heated political battle with my local officials, meaning my current mayor, my city council, and those people. Now, what's funny about that is I, I you know, at the time, consider myself a, a Republican. The city council members were all Republicans. The mayor was Democrat. So I was giving the Democrat hell, but I was also giving the Republicans hell. And, you know, at that time when I first started talking to people and telling them, you know, this is what we ought to do, everyone's like, well, I really can't do that because I'm a Republican or I can't do that because I'm a Democrat. And I was like, listen, it does not matter what, you know, you, you got to stop thinking like that, first of all. And then so that's kind of morphed into a, uh, you know, a belief that common sense has to rule the day. Somewhere we got away from common sense. And yeah. so... Uh, you know, I believe that when you're talking about electing a senator to go to Washington and you're talking about electing your governor, the fact that a person might be Republican or Democrat really might mean something for people of those parties. But when you're talking about electing, you know, John Doe, who's been an accountant for the last 20 years and he's going to sit on your city council and he he has to put up he you know he he's putting a party by his name to run and so he puts an r or d there uh, or even puts an l you know is putting an l down as a libertarian you know that really the national level ideologies of what goes into that doesn't have crap all to do with what they're doing on a local level, you know, the the local, exactly. you know, the city council, your your county commissioners, your town boards that make up the those bodies, your your executive branch and the the fiscal, the the deal with the budgets and your your legislative branch, your council and stuff, isn't dictating 
national policy. They're they're making sure you have police protection. They're making sure you have fire protection. They're taking your trash away, and they're making sure the roads are cleared. And they're trying to bring business to the to the uh, area and trying to build your city up. But right. it doesn't really matter about the uh, R or or the D and or the L. But but in saying that. I believe that people get into the trap of trying to buy into the ideology of Democrat or Republican, and it seems like on the local levels now, and from what I've seen, libertarians are kind of really starting to move the chain and get closer to the goalpost in a lot of national uh, elections and some governor's races. It seems like libertarians are starting to put up wins on the board. And is that, is that from all over the United States? Is that, you you know, are you starting to see that? I I am. Yeah. Uh, We're even getting people that are in elected offices to switch to us as well. Yeah, right. Well, and so, but but the thing that I, the thing that's killing me is on the local level, you still have people who say, oh, you know, they're the weirdos or, you know, that's the hippie or the pot smoker or the, you know, they're, they're too far whacked out Republican or the too far whacked out liberal. And it's like, no, it's the common sense. It's the best of both worlds. And it's throwing out the worst of both worlds. And it's really just the common sense answer that if more people would just stop with the, the indoctrination that they've been given for the forever about Republican and Democrat and listen to what a libertarian is that more people would identify libertarian than than Republican or Democrat. It, exactly. If, if you look at uh, there's a thing called the, the world's smallest political quiz and I want to say it's like maybe five or ten questions um, and, and they ask you know uh, economic questions and also social questions and every time I've given that to people at events, whether it's like a fair or like a, uh, a welcome back to school thing for a university, um, it's overwhelmingly in the center or, or libertarian uh, where people are actually, you know, storing on the results. And everybody's kind of amazed at that, A, because they either thought that they were going to be like a hardline Democrat or a hardline Republican. But when you start asking some of these other questions that aren't necessarily about these really emotional issues that divide us, uh, whether it's immigration or abortion or stuff along that line, um, there's a lot of leeway there that people are starting to realize that, oh, hey, this actually makes sense. Or you don't have to follow this hardline party doctrine, yeah. especially as Republicans or Democrats. For, like Your platforms are like, what, 600 or whatever pages uh there there doesn't need to be a need to answer every (laughs) single thing that might come up um as a libertarian we're allowed to sit there and it's like four pages long we have four platforms with like subsections underneath it if you look online it's it's only four pages when you print it out but it allows us to actually have conversations with people without a preconceived notion of where we should be or where they're going to be yeah uh, and, and that's exceptionally beneficial to us, I believe, because it, especially on the local level, granted, you know, it's not sexy. Local <laughs> politics really isn't sexy right. at all. Uh, and nobody probably really knows what's going on at their, you know, township level or county level or you know, just minu- minu- uh, municipal level at all. Sure. Um, but 
it, it's not the national scene that you get every two years or every four years for POTUS, uh, like it is uh, uh, at the local level. It's it's much more calm and collective. And for the most part, people should be more willing to listen to every side, regardless if it's the libertarian. Obviously, yes. I want them to win. But there, we, that heated debate really isn't there or should not be there with Republicans and Democrats and Libertarians or any other party uh, at that level because it's that emotional like pull, it's, it's, it's not relevant. You ask people what they're running for and they tell you, oh, city council or something like that. And then half the questions that you get asked by media like don't even pertain to the office that you're seeking. Yes. So why are you asking those questions? Well, you're asking those questions because... Oh, whether a Republican or a Democrat, and we need to know how they feel about these issues. But it's pointless. All, all it's doing is creating a, a bigger divide and a bigger wedge between the people. Yes, absolutely, and that's and and so it's almost like a brainwashing, and and you get that you know I'm you're so entrenched in your thought, and I think that's kind of what leads to apathy at you know. At some exactly. points, you know, this this last local election, I, you know, uh, I, I paid attention a little bit to what happened in Marion County and was just absolutely appalled. Now, I know and this is a little bit different for some folks uh, and they may not know the libertarians don't primary the way Republicans and Democrats do. Uh, you guys hold a convention, correct? Yep. Uh, we, we have to hold a convention. As long as you have two percent of the Secretary of State race up to ten percent, yeah. uh, once you hit ten percent, then you have to do government taxpayer funded primaries. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I, I and I know I, in talk in talking to you before the interview, uh, we talked to uh, my uh, friends and and I and yours as well down in in Newcastle, Boss Hog of Liberty podcast, uh, Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis. Um, one of the things that I watched is that that city, Newcastle, did not have a primary. Uh, this last primary election, they just they did not have an election because there were no candidates opposing whoever was on the ballot, yeah. and there was some hubbub on whether or not they should they they were the city was lacking or the county government was lacking and people should be mad and they should hold it and I was like no 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 you should praise the county <laughs> clerk's office for not wasting sixty thousand dollars for a bullcrap election that nobody where should people should have been mad is the Republican and Democrat party chairman of those parties should have been booted out on his ass or his or her asses because they're not engaging their people and getting people to run. I was sad in that level, but it seems like down there they have a really strong libertarian scene going on. And I really, really give credit to the boss hog of Liberty and what they're doing down there. But you guys are really all of Henry County. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you down there, they have quite a bit of uh, candidates that are that are running or have been. And it seems like it's really picking up traction in in a lot of other uh, a lot of other communities as well but so what do you see or you do you know that's that's part of your job if, with the party is candidate recruitment how do you see because like you said the local levels 
are not necessarily as sexy and and people don't you know maybe know but i do look at it as a little bit of a feeder system you know council yeah. maybe bumps up to mayor mayor maybe bumps up to uh uh, county commissioners and that maybe goes to state senator or representative you know so it exactly. kind of feeds up how do you how does the libertarian party how should we citizens that want to get other citizens involved how do we bring people to that party to, to, to try to get them to understand hey this is maybe an option and do one of two things I guess this is a two part question how do we get <laughs> citizens to one want to, to to be interested in the party and to maybe consider running for office as a libertarian and or getting citizens that don't run but the vote getting them to understand hey i can go in and not pull all democrat or all republican i can go in and it's not scary to vote for somebody with an l by the name Right. Well, the, the first thing I, I would say that wh when I was appointed to be political director uh, last year, my my goal was to sit here and, and target small races uh, where, you know, it was 1,500, maybe 2,000 voters in a district that were going to vote or had uh, expected turnout of, of that. Um, and also some of the semi-autonomous uh, townships that are within Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, simply because that's where you can, well, A, there's, it's not as big. So it's not as scary for people. You have less area that you have to travel. Uh, and and there, there are local issues. So there are things that everybody in your community should actually be concerned about. If it's tax levies, if it's uh, TIF funding, uh, things of that nature where everybody is affected by it. Uh, whether or not you opt out of, of the system or become apathetic towards it, uh, you know, gas type, uh, gas tax heights still affect you. You know, you still have to get from point yes. A to point B. And um, if, if you've got the opportunity uh, and the desire to, to make a difference, like you're, you're not losing anything uh, by doing that. Sure. You may not win a race, but you're gaining experience and that experience can only help you down the road whether or not you choose to run again. If you choose to help on another campaign, if you choose to uh, just move somewhere more politically inclined in a career that you have, um, you're, you're going to learn a lot from doing that. Um, but you need, you need to be able to uh, take a step back and realize that if nobody else is going to do it, well, who's left you yeah you may be the only person left that's going to sit there and stand up to whatever wrong you're seeing or if it's the case of like you want to see something continue well if nobody else is wanting to do that that program is going to end so you you need to be able to just say hey i'm going to do it and it's a scary thing for a lot of people i get it uh it's scary for me <laughs> i don't particularly <laughs> like uh, talking in front of a lot of people and i know if you're going to run for office it's something that you're going to have to do um but it's it's not that bad i mean you look at what they're doing down in henry county for example and uh there was a bunch of people that doing exactly what you're doing they they saw something wrong with their community or uh and they wanted to, to make a difference and I think they've done a, a tremendous job. Uh, I, I think if we were able to have more people kind of approachable as like they are and the methods in which they're doing the methods in which you're doing, it's only going to uh, create 
more civic engagement from from the citizenry that's that's the thing i i noticed i mean i i'm i i, I the one thing I can say about them is they are very open. They um, and, and I am too. Any candidate that's wanting to come on and interview uh, in the primary, I interviewed forty-eight candidates across three uh, counties. Uh, oh wow! That that were um, wanting to come on, and I gave them a platform. The one of the things I say is that. Um, you know, if you go to a candidate forum, a meet and greet, and it lasts 30 minutes or it lasts an hour and there's 10 candidates and each candidate gets like a two minute blurb and, and you know, you, you're not getting to know that candidate, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever. You're not getting exactly. to hear from them. And then take take into account the people who work seconds so they can't attend or the single mother who's got kids at home so that's the last thing on her mind whereas putting this in a podcast form or on Facebook live video live feed they're able to watch it at 4 o'clock in the morning when they've got a moment or they're able to watch it when they you know get home from work or plug in the podcast and listen on their way to work and do that and and also doing a, a one-on-one candidate interview where I let them go for as long as they want ask questions I, I had some that lasted 15 minutes i had some that lasted you know 70 minutes and yeah. what it did was it allowed it wasn't about me at that time or it's not about you know the boss hog of liberty crew it's about that candidate or those candidates talking to that platform and this platform and them talking basically one-on-one -on -one with the voters that are listening Exactly. And it's, it's but but what what I happened is I'm a little bit more I, I'm not saying this is a pat on my back. It's probably worse. I, I, I tend to have a little bit more of a hard line uh, and I don't have a problem of calling somebody out and saying at ah, bullshit, you know, now I don't do that during the questioning, answering interviews, but during <laughs> my during my my during my shows where it's just me talking, I don't have a problem to rail against like the mayor of Muncie or the mayor of Winchester and say, all right, you're you know, I well, I think what you're doing here is ignorant, you know, right. Uh, right. Okay, so I'll call people out. So I've made some enemies, and the enemies that I've made are the supporters of various candidates. I've had some that have declined to come on, and they'll say, well, you know, who are you to ask these questions? Well, you know, I, what do you mean, who am I? I'm, I'm, I might not – so in Muncie, I don't vote in Muncie. But I have a platform where your candidate or the person you're supporting can get their message out to a wide number of people. Why not do that? You know, who exactly. you, you want to waste your time saying, well, you're not a journalist. Well, no, I'm not on Channel 13. I'm not I'm not Tony Katz on 93.1. I'm not on Fox News or whatnot. But it's 2019. Anybody with a cell phone and a microphone and a laptop is a journalist. Exactly. You know, we need to start embracing new new journalism and new media. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us tonight. I, I won't I won't hold all of your Saturday evening, but uh, just real quick before before we wrap up, is there anything that you? Uh, I've got a couple, just a couple more questions for you, real quick. But is sure, there anything sure. that you want to get out a message? Anything that you feel that citizens should know, specifically on the local level, if they're dealing with candidates? when they're when they might be dealing with libertarian candidates or any third party candidate for that fact i'm just trying to get the stink you know off of that or the people the I, the misconception or whatever goes on with that i i would just say that 
don't don't be afraid of us. Don't be afraid of any third party. I mean, if you look at, at the history of politics in the United States, like the parties we have now, we're all third parties at some time. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you've got this ebb and flow that is always going to happen naturally when you have new people and new ideas that come forth. And, you know, we've only been around as a party since 1971. But if you look at the history of traditional classical liberalism, it's, it's pretty much what libertarianism is now, um, which is, again, just limited government, uh, which is exactly what the founding fathers had yes. wanted originally. Um, somehow we've kind of gotten away from that. And, and emo- it's emotional issues that have driven that wedge between people where now it doesn't matter who you are. If you, whatever the letter is that's behind your name, that dictates who you are. Uh, when it should just dictate maybe your personal beliefs. Uh, and with libertarians, with any actual third party, um, that that's not really the case. Uh, the, the stigma that may be there, oh, we're just pot-smoking Republicans, or we're just, <laughs> you know, left a bunch of left-winger liberals. Uh, well, I mean, that's funny since we, you know, I would imagine most people don't actually know what the term liberal means. Yes. But... <laughs> but but it, it, we're we're approachable. We're not crazy people. We're we're no more crazy than the, you know a politician uh, here in Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, which is to say, we're we're not crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, uh, absolutely. And uh, in fact, I I would just say we we really don't have anything holding us down and holding us back uh, from when you were to get an office or something like that. Like, sure, we're not beholden to. Uh, you know, to those large letters that are behind people's names. So don't be afraid of us because really my, my friend that's elected to city council in Nebraska, who's a libertarian, uh, one of his favorite phrases is uh, people just want to be able to get home from work safely to poop. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's it. You know, most libertarians understand what that means. Yes. Where it's just focus on the issues that people actually care about and, and they're going to be happy. Yes. I don't don't even bring up, especially if you're running for city level. There's no reason why you need to be talking about stuff that is done at a state or a federal level. Absolutely, um, amen. So, Absolutely. And, and a lot of us have realized that uh, our messaging is getting better that way, which I think is creating the opportunity for more people to ask questions of us, to come to us, to not be afraid of us. Uh, so I would just timely ask that voters do that in return and give us that same sort of respect. Sure. Um, okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. Let me ask you before we, before we let you go here, uh, sure. where any, uh, social media out there where can if somebody wants to get information on the libertarian party of Indiana, uh, anything out there website lot wise or, or, uh, anything like that, that you'd like to give them. If, if somebody wants to maybe get in touch with you that might be concerned or might be interested in, in running or, you know, w- w- anything like that. Sure. Uh, well, the easiest way to reach out to anybody at the Libertarian Party of Indiana is just go to lpin.org. Uh, I, I can't take applications right now for anybody sure. to be a candidate since uh, everything's closed now. But uh, that would be great for 2020. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then Facebook, we're just Facebook at Libertarian Party IN. Uh, and if anybody wants to reach out to me, uh, it's my email address. It's political director 
at lpin.org. Uh, or you can call or text me uh, at 402-580-0941. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. I, 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 I one, am one, too, that puts out my uh, number for people to call. And, and uh, sometimes that's a blessing and sometimes that's a curse. But <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I, I, I learned that little bit from a, a former state senator in Nebraska, libertarian Laura Epke. Uh, all of her material that she handed out to people had her phone number on it. Yep. Uh, her actual personal cell phone. Yep. So, I, uh, I it's think a great that's great way. I think it, it gives voters and people a great way of feeling comfortable around you. If you're not afraid to, to give that out, Connect, <laughs> phone Ab- calls at five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that does happen. Well, um, uh, Jared Hall, I, uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, talking with us. And, and like I tell all the guests that come on, uh, you're welcome now anytime. If there's something that you uh, want to get out, if you have candidates that are running and it doesn't have to be, you know, I focus mostly in East central Indiana, but I like to, what I talk about on this audio version of the podcast, which you can find at perception.fireside.fm, uh, is, Topics and discussions that not only benefit those that live in Indiana, but anybody in any city, town, or county that lives in the United States of America, even though the laws and things may be a little bit different, I'm focusing on citizens uh, trying to better their local government through their citizen involvement. And so, um, you know, I try to tell my stories, things that I've been involved with, and and talk with candidates and, and different people throughout maybe Indiana, and give our personal stories, and maybe it lets someone know maybe in Texas or, or Arizona know, okay, things might be a little different law-wise, but it's still the same principle and, okay, I see what this person went through. So you right. or anyone else that you know or that you're pushing, anybody that is, you're all welcome to come on at any point. Uh, I appreciate sure. you, you coming on uh, with me and we'll have to definitely stay in touch. I would love that. Thank you very much, Christopher. Thank you very much for all that you do. You too. Perception. Perception. All right, cut that. We got to get going with it. Reality. Reality. All right, so we just heard from Mr. Jared Hall. He is the Libertarian Party of Indiana's political director, candidate, recruitment, and support. And I want to say he sounded really down to earth, and he really just kind of, to me, is the definition of what a libertarian is. Kind of live and let live. And I'll tell you, it really wouldn't hurt any of us to have that kind of thinking on our local city councils, county councils, people in office for mayors that had that kind of thinking. Like, you know, we don't have to stick with the big ideologies of the Democrats or the Republicans, and it doesn't have to all be some kind of big talking point. It can just be personal responsibility, personal freedoms, and doing the best that you can to make your situation and the situation of your communities the best that it can be. And I want to say real quick, that quiz that he was talking about, the world's smallest political quiz. Before we get going here, I'm going to read these off to you. And it's listed out like this. Personal issues. Government should not censor speech, press, media, or the internet. And you either agree, 
maybe, or disagree. So I'm going to say agree. Military service should be voluntary. There should be no draft. Agree, maybe, or disagree. I'm going to agree. There should be no laws regarding sex for consenting adults. Agree, maybe, or disagree. And I'm going to agree. Repeal laws prohibiting adult possession and use of drugs. Agree, maybe, or disagree. And I'm going to agree. Because I don't think that there should be laws stopping an adult from doing what that adult wants to do as long as it's not hurting someone else. Now, we can get into that discussion later, and I'm sure we will, but for right now, I'm going to put agree and remind me later on down the road to get into that with you. Going on, there should be no national ID card. There should not be a national ID card. I'm okay with my card issued by the state of Indiana. Next, economic issues. End corporate welfare, no government handouts to businesses. And I'm going to put agree. End government barriers to international free trade. I'm going to put that I agree. Let people control their own retirement, privatizing Social Security. I'm going to put maybe on that one. Replace government welfare with private charity. And I'm going to say I agree. Cut taxes and government spending by 50% or more. And I definitely agree. And then the last question is a bonus question. Before we show your results, which of these do you think best reflects your views? Libertarian, liberal, centrist, conservative, statist, unsure. And in the past, I would say conservative, so I'll click that. But I think that I am becoming a libertarian right in front of your eyes. I think I'm going to start using... That title, when I describe my political beliefs, I think that I am a right-leaning libertarian. I can almost pretty much say that I can drop the Republican conservative bit and just say that I'm a right-leaning libertarian. Personal responsibility and personal freedoms means everything to me, and I think that it should all of you as well. All right, folks. Well, it's been another long show, but that's what goes on when you have great guests interviewing. I want to thank, again, Jared Hall from the Indiana Libertarian Party for coming on and speaking with us and giving us a little bit of insight to what the Libertarian Party is, what his thoughts are on local government, what his thoughts are on candidates running for local government and state government from the Libertarian Party, and then some commentary on both sides. I want to thank him again for coming on and talking with us. I I definitely want to thank all of you for listening. And here's the part of the show where I've got to say, do us all a favor, help spread the news, help spread this message. Share this show with everybody you know. You can find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more. All you got to do is Google Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, or 
it's best to just go to perception.fireside.fm. There you can listen to all of the past shows. Every one of my old shows you can listen to. You can also subscribe so that every Tuesday and Saturday when a new show drops, you'll be right there and prepared to hear it. Okay, so that's going to do it for us tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. You all are what make the show what it is. Without you, we would have no show. So thank you all from the bottom of my heart. We have an amazing July planned. Great shows, great guests. It's going to be wonderful. I can't wait for the 4th of July. My birthday is at the end of the month on the 26th. We have some amazing shows planned for the entire month of July. I cannot wait. I want you to have a great rest of your weekend. Have a wonderful Monday. We'll see you back here Tuesday as we kick off those July shows. And for all of us here at Perception is reality. I want to say thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. God bless. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement. I Who's <laughs> the